Hey y'all, this is Unbound Love. The meandering conversation of two pastors. I'm Gail. I'm Kelly. And today we're going to talk about um, something that's often in the news. Ha ha ha. We're going to talk about the news. And uh, so where do you get your news? How do you get your news? Um, what's um, a faithful response to watching the news? Or a faithful way to watch the news? Or listen to the news? Or read the news? However you get your news. How can we be faithful um, in, in our, ourselves and in our patriotism and in our religion uh, as we uh, watch and, and pay attention to what's happening in the world around us? Yes, very interesting. How do we apply our life as Christians to what's happening in the world and how we decide what the truth is about what's happening? And I think part of that question comes back to, like, is that something that we need to concern ourselves with? Like, is there a need for us to think about our religion, our religiosity, our faith um, as we are doing these things? Or does it not matter? Are we really just... I mean, do we live in such a separation of church and state, such a separation of who we are as faithful individuals from who we are as citizens, um, as members of the world around us? Is that really a separation that we need to hold to? Or do those things um, combine and, and we are a whole being Um, as we watch the news and as we read the news and as we discern whether or not this is truth or this is fiction. So Gail, do you watch the news? And if so, what do you watch? I do not watch the news. Yes. (laughs) Um, I would say growing up, I was um, a bit of a news junkie. Um, I was the unusual kid who watched the news with their parents um, like every night. And um, my dad especially was really good about having conversation about that. So we not only watched the news together, but talked about the news, what's happening in the world and how do we think about it and, and uh, challenging each other to think differently, especially through my teen years. There was a lot of challenging going on. <laughs> um, and I was a, a, a junkie all through college. I mean, like I, I was all about the news and all about what's happening in the world. And I still am to a large degree, like, I want to know what's happening, I want to be informed, but I don't, I no longer watch it. Um, I have come to the conclusion that television news is entertainment, and not news, um, and that everything is run through a filter of what is going to get us the highest rating, and so for that reason, I stopped watching. How about you? I I stopped watching too. I used to be a news junkie, I think. I would switch between cable news networks and feel like if I didn't check in every hour or so, I was missing something big. And I was addicted. It is, I think, an addiction. That's what they're trying to do. But I found that, um, especially during the Trump era, every time I'd tune in, I'd come away sad and hurt and frustrated and angry and not able to focus on what I needed to do. And so cut it off. And walked away and started like looking towards um, like the AP Newswire and some other places to just get the basic news, news that mattered to me um, locally was important. And I now maybe spend 20 minutes a day, kind of 20, 30 minutes checking in on what's happening around the world, but don't really watch the news shows anymore. Once in a while, I'll tune in in the evening, but end up turning it off quickly because I just... 
it's entertainment. It's not actual news. And it's meant to provoke and prod instead of resolve. Mm -hmm. And I want a way to resolve the pain of the world, not just to be constantly bombarded with it. So, like, I like to get breaking news. So I I have several alerts on my phone that are breaking news, Um, not uh, not just local news, not just national news, but international news. Like, I want to know what's... What's breaking throughout the world? Like, what is um, considered... And sometimes I'm dismayed by what is considered breaking news. I'm just like, well, why do I care about that? Um, and why does anybody care about that? Um, and um, But I, I do like to, to be informed, and I do like to know what is happening. And uh, I spend probably an hour in the morning, somewhere between 30 minutes and an hour, um, reading through different news sites... Um, I get several different emails, different news organizations that send me emails. So I usually spend some time in the morning going through that. Um, I, um, I, I'm, I'm odd, so I'm just gonna, let's just start with that. Um, but I've set up a separate email account that I have all of that news stuff come to. And so it doesn't take up the space in my normal uh, email feed. Um, and so it's it's a special place that I have to go to find it. I don't allow those alerts to come to my phone. So I have apps that alert me for breaking news. I do not allow that email thread. I mean, like I will get stuff that says there's an, there's an email here. But it doesn't um, interrupt my day for what that is. So I, and it's, I find that to be very helpful for me to keep me um, from becoming overwhelmed with it i think that is a brilliant idea i think it's also like with social media i found a way to kind of parse and like and make sure that my social media is pictures of my friends kids more Mm -hmm. than news and i do a lot of that not interested don't see this it's taken me a while to get there one one thing i the other probably a couple of months ago um i was on one of the little apps on our Roku thing and watching some news and popped on this channel that I thought was CNBC and started watching the news. And I was like, oh, I like this news. It's like international news. There's highlights. It's very oddly positive. I was like, CNBC is doing a good job. Realized I was watching the Canadian News Network where they did a whole thing on maple syrup. And I was like, oh, (laughs) and it was eye opening as to how I mean, there still was the political stuff Mm -hmm. and probably a bend for one of the parties in Canada. But the amount of international news and the amount of positive, interesting news segments along with the regular news took me back to a time when it used to be kind of like that, where you would watch the evening news with your parents and they'd have like a cooking segment and they'd have like a positive spin on something and then they'd tell you something bad and it kind of moved you through emotions instead of just kept you in this triggered state. And so I watched the Canadian news for a while. (laughs) Um, Kind of that became my, if I need to watch news in the background, I would watch that. But for the most part I do, I just check news sites Mm-hmm. and um, and follow, you know, some of the news that comes out, some of the graphs that come out that tell you, you know, center, right, left. Mm-hmm. Try to kind of look across because as a pastor, our congregations watch all of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the main reason I want to be informed. I want to see 
and know what they're watching and mm-hmm. seeing so that I can respond with hopefully some joy and some ways to get through it. I think in our Christian walk, we want to so badly help those who are traumatized. And in that, we can easily become traumatized because we just see all the bad things in the world. And so I think the only reason I look at a lot of this stuff is, one, where we can help in the world, which is important, but also so I know what our flock is watching and doing and I can respond with maybe another happier, from a happier place, I guess. I do find that that international news sites Mm -hmm. uh, give us a very different perspective, not only on our American life, um, and and I want to, I hear that come out of my mouth and I want to take it back. Mm -hmm. When I I say our American life, I mean our United States life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Americas are, I mean, Canada is American. And Mexico is American. Mm-hmm. And then you get to South America, and there's all kinds of countries that are American. And, oh, and those Central American countries, also mm-hmm. American. Yes. And so I, the co-opting of that phrase, of that term, to say, oh, Americans are only the United States of America. Well, no, they're not. And so I think that, like, I hear myself say it often. I hate it. Um and try to correct myself when I do say it, that it's not just American U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, American is like all of us. Anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. It happens to we me. We meander. I'm ch- chasing my own rabbit. Um, <laughs> but when when we listen to news sites or watch the BBC, I like mm-hmm. the BBC. Oh, yes. I've not checked out the Canadian one, but I'm down for doing that. <laughs> um, and um, a friend of mine just... Of course, when I start to tell you, I'm not going to tell you what the name of it is. Um, but it's one out of France um, that um, that she recommended to me recently. And I started like checking out that website because it really does give a different perspective of politically where we are in our own country. Um, and it gives us an international flair that I think that um, in our, iso- our, our leftover of isolationism... Mm-hmm. Um, we believe that we are the center of the universe and everything revolves around us and all oh, those other pesky little countries don't really matter. Um, and guess what? Pesky little countries also matter. Hey, very much do. I think one of the things that I have noticed when you talk about isolationism in America is that our news channels, uh, I've watched a kind of a burnout happen. Mm. With our news anchors, I mean, they're on there talking 24 hours a day and having to give their opinion on everything, and it's basically gossip, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think during a pandemic and with all of the stuff we've been through in the last two years, I feel like our newscasters may even be in this burnout, angered state, so they can't deliver the news the way they used to. Yeah. Because they're just frustrated and angry like we are. And they represent us. I mean, you know, they are people like we're people living in this situation. Only they spend all of their time reading and absorbing and commenting on all of this negativity. It makes me sad for them. I We were talking, um, and I will say Rachel Maddow is like, <laughs> I'm going to have to throw her in there. She's one of my crushes. So I got to throw her in there. But 
she's very left-leaning. And when I used to watch her, like, she'd have Friday nights where she'd make a cocktail and tell something positive, and she'd always, like, say these jokes or tell positive stories about mm-hmm. good things that happened. That's gone. In the last couple of years, that's been wiped away, and there's just this constant vitriol and, and frustration that you hear in her voice and just exhaustion. And I, I can't watch it anymore. I can't. I, I feel it, and so it just interacts with my own trauma. But I think a lot of our news across the news channels, I think they're traumatized. I think they're constantly in this almost PTSD trauma state because that's all they're talking about and thinking about. And I don't want to step into that place anymore. I don't want to step in where everything's so urgent and it's falling apart. I, I, I want to watch cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think that part of that is the polarization mm-hmm. that uh, we're experiencing. Um, and I'm not sure uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg. Um, I don't know which came first, the polarization or the news um, reflecting that polarization mm-hmm. or causing that pol- So I don't know which caused which. If the news and the way that it was presented caused the polarization or the polarization happened and the news is just following along with it. But I think as we look at our society, I mean, we see the polarization that is taking place um, where, and I will confess and I will ask for forgiveness, but I'm driving down the road and I see a particular sticker on a car mm-hmm. and I'm, I automatically, who that person is, everything about them i have written their story in my head mm-hmm. um for negative 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 thoughts about them and it's just not fair um and i will fully admit that it's not fair and yet i end up there far more often than i should and i think that a lot of us do that you know um and, and on both sides of that um whatever um on on either side of the polarization we automatically see something, hear something, know something about someone, and all of a sudden, boop, we put them in a, in a box and say, this is you 100%. You agree with everything one way or the other. And it it rarely is true. But I think our news follows that as well. Oh, our news definitely, the, the point is to create divisiveness, mm-hmm. to draw you to that particular channel, mm-hmm. where it used to be, you know, evening news on the three stations you had was fair and balanced because it kind of had to be, you had to attract everyone. Now you're trying to attract that audience that watches your channel. Mm-hmm. And so you're feeding into that. And I don't know how a person is able to separate themselves if that is their job how do they Mm -hmm. separate themselves from their political feelings their moral feelings their even faith and religion i hear a lot of times when i'll on our cycle that i get the information i get is this person talked about church this person talked about church and even their faith comes into play Mm -hmm where they're arguing about who's a Christian on the news, on CNN and Fox, they're arguing about who's a Christian, which is so crazy to me. Like, just because you believe this particular news channel means that you are or aren't a Christian, and it's both sides doing it. I mean, I I, I wish I could say it's one side and demonize them, but you can't. It's both sides saying, 
if you believe this, you're immoral, you're not faithful, you're not a Christian, or if you believe this side, and they're pulling on our faith to get ratings in a way, I'm afraid. And I think as the faithful, as people who want to walk in this walk, just like when we're reading the Bible, we need to take the news and look at the context, look who's delivering it, look at what's happening in a broader sense and find other places to learn about. Like I'm all for watching a documentary about something instead of watching a two minute newscast on it. So I think we have to talk about echo chambers when we, when we get to this point. And uh, so first I want to define echo chamber because it seems like we all know what it is, but maybe we don't. Um, an echo chamber is, I mean, imagine being in a room, <clears throat> excuse me, where you're, um, you're yelling out your own thoughts and feelings and they echo back to you. Um, and if you've never played with an echo, um, I'm sorry for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you get outside where buildings are bouncing around or you end up in a tunnel and you blow your horn so you can hear it echo throughout. I mean, I think we've all done that as children and maybe even as adults. Because <laughs> um, I'm telling you, if you go through a tunnel with me, I'm blowing my horn. Um, but it, it, um, when, when all we hear back is our own thoughts coming back to us, if all we hear um, rattling around, around us, is people who agree with us, we start to believe that we're correct. (laughs) And our view is the only view, and everyone should agree with us because those people agree with us. And when we do that, we end up in our own echo chamber. We end up where we don't hear um, opposing views. We don't hear other ideas. We don't grow and stretch. We become stagnated. And when we think about society becoming stagnated, unable to grow, unable to progress, unable to move forward, what happens to our society at that point? Because it all is a moving forward as we become better. And if we're not moving forward and getting better, then we're moving backwards and regressing. And so I I think either side... And this is not a, a an against either side because if I'm in my own echo chamber, I'm, I'm in a bad place. And I am moving backwards instead of moving forward. We call that in our profession preaching to the choir, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> where we spend a lot of time preaching to people who believe what we believe and are going to listen to what we, with full hear, mm-hmm. with full ears, full hearts, and be like, okay, I'm in. But our job is not to preach to the choir. Our job is to minister to the society as a whole. And I think the news has caused a problem with that. I think it's caused people, like you can say, I was talking to a pastor friend, um, we had coffee the other day, and he was talking about how he made one, like two sentences. He said two sentences in one of his sermons, and half the congregation left. Mm. Just walked out. And didn't wait to hear what the follow-up to what he said, but it was feeding on something that they had heard in the news cycle, and they assumed from the two sentences he said that he was going to go somewhere that they didn't want to hear, and walked out of church. Mm -hmm. And that's heartbreaking to me, because that's where the news and politics kind of invade our ability to build this upside-down kingdom where everyone is welcome and everyone is loved. 
If because I say something in a pulpit or because I like something on social media, people automatically assume I'm one side or the other. Mm -hmm. That depletes my ability to talk to a whole half of our community. Mm -hmm. And that's it, it gets difficult. And I think that is why we're at. I think maybe the chicken and the egg thing. I think the politi the political side of the news, the cable news networks, the Facebook, the the ones that are really right wing, really left wing, are pulling more and more people into those echo chambers and making it very hard for us to come together to resolve anything. And I wonder when the pendulum swings back. Is it when the cable news networks just disappear? because some other media form comes out or is it when we get so exhausted from it that we turn it off or when we all kill each other i hope that's not it <laughs> <laughs> so so i i want to, i'm going to tell you a story and then i'm, I'm going to relate it um to something that's happening in the world and we'll see where we go from there um so i knew someone who when the da vinci code came out um refused to read it because they were afraid that it might in some way, even though it was fiction, but it might in some way impact, impact their faith. And they were afraid, because of what they had heard about this book, to read it because they were afraid of how it might impact their faith. And, um, you know, that was many years ago, and I thought it was crazy um, at that point in time. And recently, news story that's happening out of McMinn County, um, Tennessee, which is, I think, near Knoxville. Mm -hmm. And um, they have um, come out with a list of books that they have banned. Um, so the county schools have banned this list of books. And, you know, y'all can look up, look up the list of books. I mean, it's books that I've read, probably you've read, um, and fairly popular books. Uh, one particular one um, is about the Holocaust. So, I mean, that's the big controversial one. Um, this book about the Holocaust that um, they claim, and I have no doubt that it uses some language that is um, strong and perhaps not, you know, falling on all ears the same way. But, you know, sometimes damn it is the right word to use. Because that's just what you need to use. And sometimes there's a multitude of other words that you just can't express what you need to express without hitting that word. And, um, but they've, they've banned these books, or this particular book, um, because of that. And anytime I read about banning of books, um, you know, I can't help but think of uh, Hitler um, and trying to control the thought of a society trying to control um, and, and put people into this inability to think. And that is one of the biggest problems I have with a lot of the education that, a kid, that our kids are getting today. They're not taught how to think, they're taught what to think. And what to think is, is never a good way to teach people. It's not a good way to teach religion. It's not a good way to teach... Um, Math well maybe mathematics, but but it's you know you I mean you're teaching people to think and and how to do this process so that they can do it for themselves, and I think that we've gotten away from that. We're teaching to test. Uh, I'm I'm you know I am married to a teacher, and um, so this is a discussion that happens often in our house um, about how we teach people to think and to think for themselves. 
I think the news does just that too. I think we are so used to, we want information and then we want to be told how to think about it. Mm -hmm. And that's why some people turn to certain fundamentalist religious groups because they want to know what they should think about the Bible because they don't want to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. I think we do the same thing with the news. I think we do the same thing with the books and the education systems that we use. We want to be told how to think about something so we don't mess it up. But in that, we really screw it all up, don't we? I mean, we we take at face value. and ugh, There's so many times I know people don't even read anything but the headlines. And they're commenting on stuff. They're sharing stuff. They're tweeting stuff from a headline that kind of creates a, a feeling about a news event. Instead of actually reading what happened, thinking about the people involved. Um, I think that is what we do as a society more and more. And it's creating this anger in the streets because we don't have the ability to learn for ourselves. We don't have the ability to take data points, information, and say, okay, here's what the actual facts are. How do I feel about it? Is there something I need to do about it? Or does it have nothing to do with me and I need to be just quiet? Like we were talking earlier about this wordle game that i'm not playing yet (laughs) and how people are automatically posting stuff about it and then all of a sudden you have these people talking about how you shouldn't be playing or how they're tired of seeing it it's like the smallest little things become news and become news that we argue about and it's not news (laughs) it's not you know it it's not it's not news it's emotions that we're sharing and it and it's sad It, it makes me feel like I want to go back, and I hate saying this because there was no simpler time, but in the news media, I want to go back to where you had, you know, three outlets or four outlets, and the AP news, the little bullet points were what you got first, and then maybe they did a puff piece on a story. I I want that kind of news, and I think you've got a great method to do that. If you have a separate email that you just go to for that, and you hit them all, maybe that's one of the ways you do that. I'm going to try that. So, I, I want to talk about, and I should have looked it up while you were talking, um, but there's a, an organization that actually puts out yes. um, a, a list, um, a chart. I'm going to call it a chart because that's a better a, a better description. Um, but it, um, it puts out a, a, a way to track where the news that you're reading or watching or whatever um, how how your um, it's a media bias chart, mm-hmm. and um, there's there's a, a method, um, and if I can read this, I'll tell you the link. It is a d f o n t e s at fontesmedia.com, and um, if you go to that website, um, you can see um, where. Your your news choice, um, where they fall along that chart, and it starts. It, it looks um, sort of like a mountain, and so in the center, obviously, is is news sources that are centered. The ones at the top are just as you said, like bullet points. Here are just facts, and then as you come down the mountainside, on either the left or the right, you get into more and more opinion and um, sources that are going to give you opinion. And I mean, I'm I'm just gonna flat out tell you that um, there are um, 
there are news sources that I look at that um, I know they're biased, um, but I know they're biased. Mm-hmm. And to me, um, if I know that this is the way that you are skewed, you are skewed to the right, you are skewed to the left, and yes, I read both. Um, sometimes I read both just for balance because I um, um, because I want to get that that balance. There's also um, a site that I go to. Again, I'm gonna have to look it up to tell you what it is. But um, I think that it's important to know all sides. All sides is what it's called. So allsides.com. They're not quick on the news, but they are going to give you a, a, a very balanced look at. Because they're going to give you, this is what the left says, this is what the right says, this is what just the facts are. And it's going to give it to you like, here's the, here's the headline, here's the, what this is about, and here's the left, here's the right, here's the middle. Um, and I like to go to that site um, just to see like what, what is the balanced news of this. And what is going to give me the um, um, all parts of it? Um, and then let me decide for myself, where do I fall along this spectrum? I think that's a brilliant place to start, is to look at both sides and the middle and kind of decide where you fit in and what you agree with. One of the things that comes out a lot um, in this walk we have, I'm surprised over and over again by people who... I made an assumption based on whether they are a Fox News or a CNN person. Mm. I made an assumption about what they're going to believe about everything I say and do. Mm-hmm. And over and over again, I'm like, oh, you, you don't feel like that about our queer community. Or you don't feel like that about women as pastors. Oh, I, I just assumed you did because you're wearing that hat. Mm-hmm. Or I assumed you would agree with me about something mm-hmm. because you're wearing this shirt or you have this bumper sticker like you were saying earlier. Yeah. And I am surprised by how deep we really are as people and how we have so many ideas that cross the spectrum and just we're not one we really aren't one issue. Maybe one issue voters, maybe one issue news watchers, but we're not one issue people. And we have complicated experiences that make our opinions very valid. And maybe cutting back on the news a little will allow those feelings, emotions, and opinions to come forward. Maybe just reducing the amount and and trying to trying to go to places like all sides, but also reducing the amount of time we spend in the news and spend more time in conversation with each other. So I had, had an experience that happened to me yesterday, and um, it, it was kind of funny, but it was it's something that I I think I'm I think I'm kind of liking, um, and it has to do with social media. So um, I am a big baseball fan, and I'm really I mean we're 30 days out from spring training, y'all, and there's a lockout, and so like this lockout needs to get resolved really really quickly so that we can get on with baseball. Like this is very important to my life and my existence and so I'm following along with these news stories pretty pretty closely and um, so yesterday I read a news story about it uh, because I went looking for it and I read it on the website and I was just like oh I want to share this because I have something I want to say about it but when I went to share it I went to the Facebook page of the source and I found where they had shared this article and I clicked share and Facebook popped up and said, are you sure you want to share this article? You haven't read it. 
And I was like, well, yes, I did, but I read it on their website, and now I'm coming here to share it because that's just an easier way to share stuff than it is to whatever. Uh, but I liked that Facebook questioned me. You did not open this article and read it. Are you sure you have something to say about wow. it? <laughs> and I'm like, I think that maybe we... And, of course, I had read the article, so I was like, yep, I'm sure I want to share it. But... If I hadn't read the article, I think it would have given me pause. Do I really want to share this? Maybe I should open this article. Maybe I shouldn't just trust the headline. Maybe it, it doesn't say what I think it says. Um, and, and I think that, and I get that we can have a debate about whether or not social media, social media companies, yes, I think they all are just in it to make money. Just like a lot of other places. Oh, wait, just like news organizations, mm-hmm. they're just in it to make money. And I don't think we live in a day and time when news organizations, as they used to, had the news bureau, and it had nothing to do with the advertising bureau, and they kept that Chinese wall between them where one did not influence the other. I don't think that happens anymore. I don't think it happens anywhere anymore. Money is all that's driving all of it. And so social media also is being driven by money and how they're making money and what gets shared and what doesn't get shared. But I appreciate that little bit of a check on, did you read this? And do you really want to share it? Because do you really know what it says? Wow. Didn't know Facebook did that. That's maybe, maybe they are kind of opening their eyes in a tiny, tiny way in the weird metaverse that they're creating. Um, But that is, I wonder how many times people do share things and react to things without actually reading them. Because we've become a three-minute news cycle media, right? They, they spend three minutes, tell a couple of opinions, we've got it. And we, we become headline readers on Facebook. We become Twitter users who learn everything and however many characters Twitter allows you now. Um, in we have kind of ADD when it comes to what we intake. And reading an article... I will say I know sometimes I'm like, do I have time to read this one-page article because I'm like, oh, my life's so busy. But reading an article and then going deeper into it is kind of important. If you're, if you're so moved by something you read in the news, whether it's baseball or whether it's some weather event that's happened somewhere or it's something that some politician is doing, if you were so moved by that event, that it's so important for you to share and argue and be frustrated, maybe it's important enough for you to dive deeper into the history behind it, the context. Maybe it's important for us to read the whole article and then a couple of other articles from other sources so we can get a really broad picture if we're that drawn to something. Mm-hmm. I know there's there are certain things that in my life are touch points, things that I stand for, I fight for, you know, things that oppress people that I can hear and get triggered and want to just, you know, scream at the top of my lungs. But I know better at this stage in my life. I didn't when I was younger. At this stage of my life, I know better than to just come out the gate screaming. I know I need the information because we are in a Google age where anyone can find a counterpoint and argue with you. I want to know deep down inside it's something that I think is very important, that needs to be shared, that needs to be reacted to, instead of just constantly off the cuff reacting to everything. And maybe that's the fault of the news at this point. Mm-hmm. It's 
it's caused a, a need to react to every breaking news <clears throat> thing that comes out. And sometimes I just sit there and I'm like, why is this breaking news? Why is this something I need to interrupt my day for? Why? What, what value does it have to my life? How does it help me build this new garden that I'm trying to build? How does it help tie the community and draw us together? And maybe we... I, I'd like to kind of have a questionnaire every time I look at a news article that says, is it this, is it this, is it this? Then just move on. So I, I used a term earlier today in a different conversation of value added. <clears throat> and I'm like, what, what, is, what, the, what is the value that is being added to my life for this? And I've, I think that a lot when it comes to social media. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm a social media junkie. Um, have been, like I was an early adopter of social media back in the day. Um, I've made my living with social media for the last 10, 12 years. Um, and so, like, social media has been a central part of my existence because I was making my money off of it. And so I'm feeding my mouth with it. And it, it makes it important um, for how you do what you do. Um and how do you make money doing what you do and saying what you say? Um, but I get very frustrated with the, um, this is just worth the laugh. This is just, you know, so whatever it is. I mean, pick a topic. There's a joke out there. Somebody is posting it as a joke. Somebody is making light of it somewhere, and it doesn't matter what it is. And, I mean, just go looking for it, y'all. I mean, the Holocaust. We're going to make a joke about it. Um, there's nothing funny about it. There's no joke here. But somebody somewhere is making it into a joke. Or making it into just some post that they want it to go viral. And it doesn't matter to them if it goes viral because it pissed you off. Or it goes viral because it made you laugh. Or it goes viral because it has freaking facts. Mm -hmm. They don't care. Any of those things that get them the attention is all they care about. And I think that that, as you said, we've become a society that is, you know, we have a very short attention span. Um, we don't want to read all the way to the end of the article. We don't want to watch the, the news all the way to the end of, like, just hearing the 30-second um, story. We don't have time for that because we're always off to something else. And... I mean, I'm as guilty as anyone. We were talking about before we started recording. I can't sit in front of the TV to watch even a TV show or a movie anymore without having a game on my phone. And I'm doing two things at one time. And half the time I'm like, what the heck just happened on the TV? Because mm -hmm. I totally admit, you know, I wasn't looking. And something happened that wasn't words. So I didn't hear it. And I'm like, oh, I need to back up and see what happened there. Because evidently it was important. Um... But that's our society. It's who we are because we can't be bothered to dig deeper or to pay attention longer or to care more. To care more. Wow. That 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 kind of falls on us, I think. Doesn't it? These, these people who are supposed to be caring, empathetic, you know, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Mm -hmm. we, we seem to do unto ourselves and then and those who we like. I think, I wonder if understanding 
the media and the news that other people are getting that have opposite opinions fall into that whole idea of loving one another as you want to be loved. If, if there's a need for us to see what people are reading and listening to, what's motivating their hearts, what's causing them frustration, I, I might need to do more of that, actually. I, I do less of it, and maybe I do need to do more of it so that I can understand people. But then I get scared that if I do too much, I'm going to fall down the rabbit hole again because I was there. Years ago, I was there. I it, It's a weird balance. It is a weird balance. And I think sort of like the, the person who didn't want to read the Da Vinci Code because they were afraid of how that would affect their... Uh, view of the world, their religiosity. Um, I think that we also um, get into that when we start to to expand uh, what we're listening to. On the other hand, maybe expanding what we're listening to (laughs) is exactly what we need to do so that we do find some balance. Because I, I will tell you, the people that I disagree with Politically, in the church, in life, whatever, guess what? They have some valid points. They really do. And unless we are making room for everyone, are we really making room for anyone? I don't think we are. I think there's this idea of um, if you're going to help someone if you're going to connect with someone you have to walk beside them and learn their language and understand where they're coming from before you can really make that connection and i think we've lost that connection with our neighbors with our family members yeah it's so weird when you can't talk about something at the dinner table because it's on the news and it's going to cause anger with your brother or your uncle mm-hmm. like that is such a strange place to be where we don't talk about politics and religion at the dinner table because that is how I grew up you know that was what we talked about so mm-hmm. that we could come to a resolution and connect as a family and mm-hmm. friends and that's changed a lot and I don't know I don't know if the answer is to dive down the rabbit holes with people or to just ignore it altogether and walk a different path I, I wish I had the answer to that. I've always believed that if you, if you don't explore mm-hmm. what you believe, you don't really know what you believe. True. And um, it's easy to uh, spew rhetoric. It's easy to take someone else's ideas and adopt them at your own, as your own. Um. But it's difficult to make your own decision. It's difficult to really get the facts and really decide for yourself what you think and what you believe and um, who you are. And I think that that's an important question. Who are you? Um, Because as you said earlier, we are all very, very complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, And our views don't go in a a linear path. Um, we, We don't all you know, get dumped into the same mold and pour a little concrete in and boop, here we are. Um, And we all are all the same, right? Mm -hmm. We're not. We're all very unique Mm -hmm. and a a complex myriad of opinions and ideas and views and 
thoughts and feelings and experiences make up each and every person. And out of that comes this wonderful uniqueness that makes us all um, amazing in our own right and not just um, the, the reflection of something else. And I just want to put a caveat in that, that yes, every one of us should be the reflection of God. Mm-hmm. But we all reflect maybe a little different piece of God. Mm-hmm. There is this guy, I think he's on The Daily Show or whatever. I see him, of course, on TikTok and Facebook, where he goes into these like rallies mm-hmm. of the ultra-right and asks them questions, like presents himself as one of them and asks them questions. And it's meant for comedy. But it's become along the lines along the time he's doing it as an eye opener for so many people who aren't in those spaces, who don't understand those spaces to see the gusto and the heart that people actually believe and hear these things and hear what they are being told by their teachers, pastors, parents, politicians, news media, what all of the people who they look up and listen to are telling them and how it plays out in their lives it has been an eye-opener for me. It's not funny. It is It is me looking into a different place than I exist and seeing how they got there. Because every time I hear one of them talk with the shirts and everything, and, and yes, most of the time they can't, like me, they can't delve into the deep parts of the issues they're talking about. Like they may ask about CRT and they have no idea what it is, but they're against it. I'm like that on some things too. Mm-hmm. I'm like that because that's what my parents and politicians and pastors have told me. And so I'm just like them. I'm getting the facts from a different place. And it's been an eye opener. And maybe that's some of the Lord's work, the Daily Show doing the Lord's work. That's Mm. funny. But while I'm watching them step into these places, I'm going, I won't go there. I'm never going to end up in one of these QAnon rallies. But he goes there. And connects with them and gives, and they, although he's, it's as a joke, they're sharing their, what they believe. And although some of it makes me sad and scared, it also makes me go, what do I think about, I mean, there's some things that I think these crazy outlaw, uh, these crazy ideas about, I'm sure, that most people will be like, why do you, how did you come to that decision? But it's because we are we are a reflection of everything that we eat and feed off yep. of. And just like them, I could have been born into that family, into that space, and been them. There but for the grace of God, which I hate that saying, but <laughs> there but for the grace of God, go on. Like, I happen to be born into the space that I'm very comfortable in. But I probably would have been just as comfortable had I been born into that particular family in the space they're in. And I think that's what we don't see. We villainize people instead of seeing that they are just a product of their environment. Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. We are. Every little bit of us, a product of our environment and a product of what we've exposed ourselves to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not the, in the flasher kind of way. But, but but maybe no. but maybe you know expose yourself to art i mean we've all seen that yes. stand there flashing the so um sorry i digress um but um i do think that um what we allow ourselves to be exposed to what we allow ourselves to um to uh, to dig into to understand to be a part of um it all influences um how we act how we react how we walk through the world 
And so um, as, as we're drawing to the end of our time here, um, I want to tell you that we are going to put some links in our show notes um, to the all sides list and to, to the, the bias chart that you can look at and see where your news outlets fall in that. Um, and I want you to know that I think that all news is biased, mm-hmm. um, just as I think that we all are biased in our thoughts. Um, the best that we can hope for is to find balance. Um, but, you know, there, there's, a, there's a sermon in that, y'all, that mm-hmm. uh, balance um, uh, keeps us all upright. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we lean too far either direction, um, we all fall over. And so uh, finding balance in your thought processes, finding balance in your uh, spiritual life, finding balance in your your diet. I mean, find balance in everything, every aspect of your life uh, so that you don't fall over. And I think that's the best advice I can give you. My challenge this week is to limit your news intake just for one week. If you normally or on Facebook reading articles, just read one a day. If you're normally on one of the news cable channels, limit it to 30 minutes a day. Just limit it and see how that changes your heart, how that changes your ability to move through your day. Just try it for a week. See y'all next time. Goodbye.